streaming, leaving, breathe. No, nothing. Got no sort of. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which would you rather have in your apartment that you knew was there? A cockroach, spider, or mosquito? It was payday. Markets will be closed for a week. All of these ESL books have he, she pronoun disclaimers. <laughs> Dave Smith on Joe Rogan talking about the Ukraine war, the Russian war, the Russian invasion in Ukraine. He raises some good points, but there's one that needs to be sort of addressed. Did have a colleague who uh, wanted to give money to, uh, to the Ukrainian cause. And finally, episode number 33 is up and live on all the major socials and my website. Folks, it is Thursday, September 29th, 2022. I am Steven Sirsky. This here is my daily Yik Yak Audio Digest, wherein I'm broadcasting from Beijing, China. I live here, and I've uh, been doing this for just over a year, concurrently with my uh, big cast, which I just released the latest episode. Uh, that has been going on for three years, since 2022. This one has been going on since 2021. So yeah, it's not three years. Well, it feels like three years, but it's not. Uh, April 2022, I posted the first uh, episode, whereas this one, uh, April 2020, I posted the first episode. This small cast, the first episode was May 2021. Anyway, so uh, yeah, lots of lots of things going on today. Feeling a lot better. Um, I've been out of it for the last couple of days, but today I think it sort of broke. Uh, I think it's helped, the, the ginger water helped quite a bit. Um, I was also taking zinc before I go to bed or before I went to bed. Managed to also get some decent sleep, like six and a half to seven hours. Like I don't normally get that much sleep, uh, so it's uh, obviously I needed it. Body was telling me something, but uh, yeah, the uh, the zinc uh, I think helps knock me out a little bit. I, I've spoken about the benefits of taking these zinc pills. They're only ten milligrams, so it's not very much. Uh, apparently, your body needs it anyway, um, and I found that if I take it half hour before bed, I'm gone. Very shortly after, very shortly after. Uh, but uh, so yeah, feeling a lot better. I'm sure you can hear it as well. I'm not so nasally, probably a little bit, uh, but hopefully, hopefully this clears up because actually, uh, of all things, <laughs> got another podcast to record this weekend. Uh, maybe next week as well. We'll see uh, whether or not my other guest is available during the week, as it's going to give me a beautiful one week. Uh, time to get a lot of things done. I did get a lot of things done today. I was posting quite a few uh, videos up on uh, YouTube and TikTok as well. Yes, I have joined the TikTok crowd. Uh, I've kept it very similar to what I do on YouTube with the shorts and stuff like that. I don't know. I just can't get into the whole TikTokification, like the crazy, you know, young, crazy, wild video poster, stuff like that. I know there are TikToks that... Um, like, it's silly, though, saying it's TikToks because YouTube does this and Instagram does this. There's explanatory videos, there's documentaries, there's long-form, there's short-form content. It's just that TikTok, most of it's associated with, uh, like, dancing videos and stupid pranks, which is what YouTube was 10 years ago uh, and what Instagram was, what, five years ago, right? So TikTok's in that stage right now. How will it mature? Will it mature? I've mentioned this before. Is TikTok a listening device for certain parties that don't want to be named, right? I mean, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Google, all those listening party, listening for sure. But just to sell you more crap that you don't need to keep the consumer alive. Is TikTok a little bit more uh, invidious than that? Insidious? 
Uh, good question. Not sure. Payday. Good stuff. Finally got paid. And uh, in China, we only get paid once a month. It's not bi-weekly. It's not weekly. Nothing. Uh, so uh, it's. I haven't looked. I don't know how to gauge this. There's got to be something somewhere uh, of some sort of metric wherein the majority of people receive their paychecks at the end of the month because the vast majority of people do in this country. Uh, and then is there a spike or a, a drop in the stock markets? This seems like an obvious thing to be tracking. I'm sure someone's got to be tracking it. It would just make sense. In the United States, uh, there, there's something called the super eight days of the month. Um, so it's the last, it's the first two days, the middle three, and the last three days of the month so that, what, that's eight days, somewhere around there, seven or eight days, uh, called window dressing, and then the middle of, I can't remember, there's a specific term for it, but the, the middle of the month, I think, is actually deals with pension payments or something that get released. Uh, the end of the month is typically, uh, well, that's that's just, that's usually it's fund managers doing some, what's called window dressing, buffing up their um, portfolio balance sheets and stuff like that, just to make it look a little bit better for the end of month report, but the middle uh, money flows actually deal. Uh, I think it deals with the retirement payments in uh, in the United States. I'm not entirely sure about that. If someone wants to correct me, please do. It'd be actually uh, great to get an updated uh, sort of take on that as well. Uh, but uh, does it, does the same thing happen here in China? Good question. I do know that next week, October. Like, so tomorrow is the last day that the market in China, the markets in China, will be open uh, until. October, I guess it would be what? Um, October, I'm just checking here. 10th. So they'll be closed from the 3rd until the 7th. That's Monday to Friday. They don't open on Saturday, Sundays, no matter what. No no makeup days for the market participants. So October 10th would be the next day that the money uh, can uh, start going back into, or sorry, come out of the, uh, of the, uh, the markets. If you didn't sell today, your money won't clear you won't be able to take it out tomorrow. So if you sell tomorrow, the best thing you can do is just roll it into a short-term uh, treasury fund, a short-term uh, interest rate, interest-bearing uh, fund of some sort, uh, and you'll uh, collect monies on that. But uh, you won't be able to take your money out until October 10th. I know it sucks, but that's how they do it. It's T plus one. That's what they call it, trade plus one. Um, that's how the uh, the money sort of works around here in China. Yeah, this question of which would you rather have in your apartment that you knew that you knew was there a cockroach, spider, or mosquito? Okay, so I know there's two here. The spider, I haven't seen a spider in my part. I've seen little ones, very little ones. Not the not like the big ones that you'd see, like the uh not the not the black widows, no, um like the black spiders, not black widows, the black spiders that we have in Canada. They're you know the size of your your, your thumb sort of thing, right? Uh the top part uh, side fingertip. You know, size of your fingertip. It can be startling because they move so quickly. Cockroach, those suckers get big, and I've seen a. I, I killed a, a big one, and that that was. <laughs> it fell out of the. Uh, it was behind the detergent containers that I have, and it just it dropped out one day. I was like, she, and of course I never have a tissue around when I need one to stomp on these things, uh, and so it scurried away, and I think it scurried away under the couch. Well, the next day or two days later, I can't remember, but I kicked away this um, this little footrest I have, and it was under there. It was, I mean, it was like three feet away from my bed. I'm like, ah, 
He sing- I managed to get it that time. I chased it with a tissue this time. Stamp, 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 stamp. Um, but there's also another little one somewhere in the kitchen. It's, it's crawling around somewhere, probably laying its eggs and infecting all my uh, foods and stuff like that. So who knows what's what's going on. I'm not sure if they do that, actually. But girlfriend's concerned about this, the, the cockroaches crawling all over stuff. I don't, I don't know. Do they, do they? Oh, good question. What do they eat? Do do they eat whole grain flour? <laughs> I've never seen any of the packages tampered with. I guess it's if you leave a package open, that becomes a concern. But most of my stuff is like in sealed containers anyway, or in factory packaging. So like I've never seen anything sort of nibbled or chewed or anything. So I'm not, I've never been very concerned about them. Not like mice or rats, nothing like that. Cockroaches, they just seem to, I thought they just fed on the, the slime in your, your, uh, sink or something like that but ugh. I did see one really weird bug last week uh, lots of legs and lots of movement and like I'm like you're not coming up here <laughs> I just flushed that thing down, turned on the tap and flushed it down there and then poured a bunch of baking soda and vinegar down it just to make sure it didn't crawl back up so that's gone mosquito is somewhere in here no idea I know I missed it though <sighs> those they must know they must know that you're looking at them because it flew away just as I got ready to to attack it. Anyway, uh, did get some reading done for the Delta course today, uh, which was good. Wasn't really focusing too much on it because I was thinking, you know, if I have the time, I got the brain space, I'd like to get some of these videos done. So I did. I popped up quite a few videos uh, from Chengdu, uh, some uh, videos recently from uh, Beijing that had popped up on uh, like the coffee, the latte art competition I saw about a month ago. Uh, Chengdu pandas. I've also, uh, yeah, Chengdu. Chengdu's fighting pandas. No, just Chengdu pandas. Uh, they are now, both videos are now up on uh, YouTube if you guys want to t- take a look at uh, pandas wandering around. Some of the things that took me a while was actually color correcting some of the stuff to make sure it uh, looked just a little bit better. I've noticed that this phone, the Xiaomi 11 Ultra phone, uh, likes to shoot in high def and it distorts the image. So it looks good on a phone. And it looks good if you post directly from the phone, but if you transfer it to Final Cut Pro or something, it starts, like, you have to change the settings of Final Cut Pro, and I hate dealing with that. So it's just, I think the newer edition of Final Cut Pro um, does it a lot better than the one that I'm using. But in order to get the new version, I have to update the whole system. You see my problem here? (laughs) And on and on and on it goes. Uh, So, yeah, but the uh, did get some reading done for the Delta was uh, dealing with uh, listening problems with listening in the ESL classroom, which is a very good, you know, a substantial thing uh, to uh, check because one of the comments that we, we receive a lot is, teacher, you're speaking too fast. I'm going, I'm not speaking fast. You're not listening fast enough. Not entirely true. What's happening here is that they're not familiar with the phonemes, the morphemes of the words of the language. And as a result, uh, they're getting lost, they're not able to keep up. Uh, the other thing that happens with a lot of students um, a lot of beginning students as well, is that they try to translate every word, they try to understand every single word, and it's a terrible way uh, to uh, uh, try to learn a language because it, you, you just get bogged down. You, you slow down. It's kind of like a computer or a car that doesn't have enough gas to keep on going. It runs out of gas and then it just kind of sputters to an end, or to a stop, I should say. Uh, it's the same thing is that you can keep up, you can translate, and then you get a you know a couple words behind, then a sentence behind, then two, and then you're you're lost, you're gone, you're done. Uh, and so with that, it's actually one of these things uh, that you have to train yourself to learn. Listen for you have to be act your schemata, your the idea of what you're listening for 
has to be sort of prepped and then you have to listen for the keywords and that way you can sort of listen to what someone's saying, get the gist of it rather than trying to translate every single word. Now, on the flip side, there are those people out there who only listen for the keywords and don't listen to the whole context. And they that's kind of odd because you can ask a question like, uh, where do you like to travel to on your vacation? And I go, oh, well, travel. Yes, I take the bus all the time. You're going, no, that's not what the question was. But I mean, it could generally be what it is, but the context and sort of the idea behind the sentiment of the uh, the question isn't about that it's more about like vacation travel rather than like city transport travel uh but yeah th- so let's continue on i'm glad i uh, got some uh, reading done there as uh, reading one of the textbooks as well one of the, uh, the the academic books that they gave us to read so we'll spend the weekend probably working on that uh joe rogan podcast this guy oof, interviewed a comedian and political commentator dave smith now I was a little bit incited by this one um, because Dave Smith goes he, he goes on about how we got to this point in Ukraine uh, with the Russian invasion of Ukraine uh, and that he says that there was a deal. You know, had they just agreed to the deal, we would not be near nuclear war. And this is his big thing is that, you know, we're so close to a nuclear war. The problem with this is that he talks about this deal about giving up uh, Luhansk and Donetsk, the, the, the Donbass region, Ukraine has said very clearly, like, we're not ceding any part of our territory. You, you, like, this is a non, non-starter. Or is he saying, yeah, and Dave Smith goes on, he's like, yeah, it's not ideal, but at least we wouldn't be talking about nuclear war. Two things. There was a deal uh, back in 1991 that Ukraine would give up its nukes if Russia never invaded. Now, that deal was contingent on a few things, namely, Ukraine wouldn't join NATO, wouldn't join the West like NATO, and NATO wouldn't encroach any more further east, getting closer to Russia. Dave Smith talks about this. However, if Ukraine did not sign that and still had its nukes, Russia wouldn't be occupying Donbass right now. Why did they sign that in the first place? That's the good question. But that was the deal. They gave up their nukes. Those nukes sitting in Russia were in Ukraine. Yeah, sure. Russia's threatening to send them back, but not the way that Ukraine could use them again. They're threatening to blow blow up Ukraine, basically, which Dave Smith doesn't talk about. One of the other things that is... that seems to be missing from a lot of these pro-Russian observers that, you know, it's NATO's fault. And I, I mentioned this back in, like, March or April when, uh, you know, this war broke out, that you know, NATO expansion did cause um, a substantial amount of aggravation for Putin. However, consider this, that if Ukraine wants to be its own functioning democracy, its own functioning country, sovereign nation, that it is fighting a war for its existence. So, okay, check mark, you're now free, you are a sovereign country, defend it, get to town, get to work because you have to fight your neighbor who doesn't think you should be that way. We've seen this happen in other parts of the world. How are you going to respond, right? So that's that's number one about the, the whole invasion plan. Number two is more along the lines of like, um, 
you're going to have to purge your own ranks. If, you're, if you want to be one of these freedom-loving countries, these sovereign peoples, and you're looking to the West and look at how glorious they're, they're doing, you got to do something about the corruption. So, I mean, this is, that's on Ukraine. Now, this whole NATO expansion thing, thinking about this, I'm like, wait a minute, why was NATO expanding? Of course, pro-Russian observers will say, well, it's American imperialism, it's Western imperialism. You're going, or is it that NATO countries are doing better? And that compared to rulership underneath Russia, these countries went, fuck that, we want to go West. <laughs> no, bring on NATO, please. We, the, Ukraine has experienced Russian imperialism. It's done it already. It's been there for years. 1991 was the end of it. So you can't say, oh, well, that, that deal was contingent on, on NATO. Sure, yeah. And Ukraine looked at what was happening in Russia. Ukraine also saw that what was happening in Poland. Ukraine saw what was happening in the West. Things got better in the West. West Germany, East Germany, reunited. Better, good country. People want to move there. Does anyone want to move to Russia other than Edward Snowden and Steven Seagal? <sighs> Come on. The NATO argument, sure. Go ahead, use that. That's that's your headline talking point. That's what that that's the distraction. That, uh, I no longer can I put full belief that that's the only reason why this is happening. But again, as I said yesterday, these markets oversold. What kind of good news could come out? What sort of peep of a change of current world events could we see? U.S. Pre uh, presidential primaries, we got an election in China, and we got Russian uh, bombs going over Ukraine. Any one of those three. I, I, of, of those three, U.S. presidential election, ah, it's kind of figured out. Russia saying special operations over, that would, that would turn markets around. A concisive uh, decision here in China, which seems to be sort of, it's a decision already made, but like confirmation of what we all sort of suspect, that would also sort of bolster things because it'd be more of the same, status quo. Nothing would change too bad. Good. But, uh, so those are the three sort of things that I see affecting any sort of major turn in the markets. And I'm looking at the markets because with this Russian thing, with the, all these very geopolitical events that's very hard not to talk to talk about in 10 years will they matter i would say yeah um several some of them would the u.s one won't but the russian one and the chinese one those two will matter because they will have long-lasting implications in the next 10 years uh the other thing about this dave smith guy who I'm glad that, because you have to listen to the whole clip. I've, I've been knocking his point here. He does give a very good history of how we got to this point between Russia and Ukraine. And he talks about, there's this, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Gideon Rose, the uh, editor for Foreign Affairs. And I read Foreign Affairs. I like the magazine. I like the publication. Uh, how in 2014, they were talking about this, like, you don't want to push Russia too far because they can invade. Well, now they have. Again, with this, this this idea that you know it's all the West's fault for throwing coups and stuff like that, Ukraine has experienced Russian imperialism before. They don't want it, so if they're accepting pro-West help, that is their choice as a democracy, as a sovereign nation. Why does Russia get to push them around 
and why can't Ukraine accept help from the West? So go, hey, ask me, go go ahead, tell me, send your comments. I'd like to hear, what do you guys think? I did have a colleague over the weekend who wanted to uh, send money to Ukraine. Actually, he wanted to give it to this uh, one Ukrainian girl that he had met before, uh, but he wasn't sure. He wasn't sure if uh, uh, he should do this or something like that. And he brought me over to this table to introduce the lady. I guess, yeah, I'm, he's like, you're Ukrainian? He's Ukrainian. I'm like, a hyphen it, diaspora. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you're diaspora. I'm like, yes, I am. Slava Ukraini. Uh, actually, I got it wrong. Slava Ukraina. She's like, Slava Ukraini. I'm like, hero, I'm Slava. Of course. Uh, but she seems uh, legit enough. And apparently, uh, so she he gave her a bunch of money. And she was like, just kind of looked at him like, what the fuck? <laughs> what am I what are you giving me all this money for? <laughs> and so she's uh, she's been dispersing it to uh, the outlets that can uh, put it to good use in Ukraine, as, as far as I know. So uh, good good on his heart. I mean, he uh, he's uh, from a part of the world that uh, he knows what it's like for your for his country, uh, his neighbor, to be a bunch of dicks. And so he's like, you know, hey, <laughs> I could just help out. Uh, I did mention that you know Ukraine could also use some drones. That's their their latest recruitment. He's like. Just helping out with the defense, not no offense, just defense. I'm like that, you know. Fair enough. Fair enough. I gotcha. Uh, but uh, so yeah, that was uh, very nice of him to uh, to be able to support the Ukrainians uh, in such a direct manner as well, right? All right, uh, folks. So uh, that's it. Uh, episode number thirty three, of course, of my uh, big cast is now up and available streaming on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google should process it very soon. Uh, and, of course, you can look for it on my website, stephenserski.com. That's where these things are all published and archived and everything. Uh, I hope you have a have a listen with it. It is with David Harrison Horton. He has been on the show before, but now he's published a book. Uh, it's called Maze Poems. And we talk about not just his poetry, this uh, poetry book that he's just published, but we sort of discuss a lot of things that have happened in the last years since he's been on he was on in uh, april of 2021 uh, and this time <laughs> he's been locked down in that time so it's uh <laughs> we got us uh, i got us take on uh, what it was like to be locked down and in, in a part of the city right next to me like literally he got locked down and i was still free it was kind of like hmm we just picked different apartments to live in basically uh and we talk a little bit more about some of the things about uh future planning and stuff like that with uh, uh beijing and with china and who knows, could there be a, 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 a you know an exit plan of some sort coming up? All right, I'm going to leave you with this. There's a clip here. It's a, a bit more of an extended clip. Uh, it's a five-minute conversation between me and Dave uh, talking about the publication of his latest book, of uh, his first book, Maze Poems. Uh, and this is off of my big cast, episode number 33, with David Harrison Horton. Uh, you can find that, again, on all the major socials, and then also on my website, stephenserski.com. And as always, for this small cast, all the show notes and tracks and vids are up on my website, stephenserski.com. I will leave it there. Thanks, folks, for listening. I appreciate it. Have a good one. We will talk again. Bye-bye. This is why we uh, agreed to, to get together, is this bad boy right here. There you go. Yeah. There we go. So there's your publication. This is your first publication. It's it's my first full length. Yeah. Okay, and it's fifty pages. Yeah. Chatted wall. Yeah. Well, I, I, full length. I mean, you... it's color. It is, color. <laughs> and it's a very unique. I actually it, it could have my, my I mean, first it could comment. Could have easily been a hundred pages if it weren't color. Right. Uh, so it was a cost decision. Um, it was partly a cost decision. It was also, like, quite honestly, these, these are the, the 50 best out of the group. 
Um, early, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about this. Um, so this is called May's Poems. It's out by. Uh, actually, I don't. I don't know how to say that. Artidolia, Artidolia. Artidolia, or something like Maybe that. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Artidolia. Um, it's it's a great it's a great press out of New York. Yes. And um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm I'm actually I'm very very happy with everything about how the the publication turned out. Um, what it you know what it came Feels from nice. is I did um, I bought a notebook from across the street from the National Art Museum uh, a big sketchbook, big square thing that's like like literally that big I don't I don't know centimeters, but um, and I would do. These oh, these are called maze poems uh, because they're mazes. Um, so the the way that it worked would be I would actually draw the maze first, and then I would do automatic writing, which is you you just write. Right. Okay. Like you, you don't stop. You just do it. Free free not free form. Yeah, it's like free, free writing. Free form. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and so then the mazes became the actual physical shape of the thought. Okay. Um, which I found interesting. Um, so you drew the, the maze, you closed off the maze. You didn't, like, you drew a circle around it, you, you encapsulated it, or did you well, what, leave the border out and then... What you're looking at is what it looks like in the notebook. Yeah. So... But you didn't draw the border, so my point is, is like, because you started going, but did you, you had the initial maze, did you reach the end and go, oh, I, that letter's too long? No. Okay. No, it's it's actually it's it's amazing because it controls this is what I'm saying like it actually controls the shape of your thought because you get to a point and you know how much longer you have. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a tweet. Because you want to hit that you don't yeah, want to go yeah, multiple it's, and tweets. It's amazing. And the more that you do it, the easier it gets. Right. Succinctness. I mean, you you yeah. learn to develop that sort of succinctness. Um, and yeah, so I I like that aspect of it, but another aspect of this that I like is the fact that it takes um, the the reader actually has to go through the maze and then you know like chunk the different words out and make sense of it you know on their own and so the reader is inputting a lot to the meaning and I, I honestly I, I think for some of these um, I think it's honest to say that it'll probably take more time to read than it took to write. I would say so. I, I, I was trying and to read them before, and I, how I, long did I it actually, take? Me? I find that I, I, I find that very interesting because it's um, you know there's there's a lot of like critical theory out there about like reader response and reader input and you know context creation and like all all this academic stuff and um, I, I think this actually. Uh, challenges that I, I, I think it, it, it's I think it's an interesting part of, of the conversation with how this is actually working and what this actually is do you like that stuff the academic sort of analysis of create creative I do. literature I do do you like the, the creative quarterly or whatever it is creative writing quarterly published by Oxford and you're like that doesn't scream of young punk poetry writing yeah. 
No, um, I, I actually, I'm a, I'm a big fan of theory in the same way that I like to read philosophy. Like, I don't necessarily agree with any of it, but I like to see how people try to make things work. 